0: Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one little ring smooch at a time. (laughs) I'm Norman Mitchell.
1: I'm Cassandra Fredrickson.
0: And today we're talking about Minute 82, which starts with Faramir and uh, finishing his statement from yesterday. It says Boromir was always the soldier and ends with Pippin giving Denethor's ring the tiniest of smooches. (laughs) Just a light little kiss.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. Having just uh, officially sworn to the steward. Yes. Given his service. I like the, the last few moments of this scene between Pippin and Faramir. We see Pippin be very uh, perceptive and empathetic in a way that I don't think we've really seen before. Yeah,
1: because Pippin isn't given anything to do in these movies.
0: I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I I suppose that's true. But just um, you see this stuff, though, and I th- I think that more than any other character, you can kind of draw through lines. Of influence from one character to another with Pippin.
1: Um, are you talking about, uh, like Boromir again?
0: Yeah, but I, in this instance, not Boromir, Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah. The, like, he's, he's learned, like, I, th- I think he's learned to take in more of the world through his time with Gandalf. Learned to be more perceptive to the people around him. Yeah. So, I like, more than other characters, I think you can kind of draw those through lines with Pippin.
1: Well, I think he also, but he tries to do the same thing with Gandalf, um, with their scene on the balcony overlooking uh, Mordor, because Pippin is like, oh, well, we have Gandalf the White, like, trying to cheer Gandalf up. And yeah. Gandalf's just like, uh, well...
0: Not this, sure what I'm. This worth.
1: here, Witch King, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's there's plenty over there that way to contend with me. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Little little Peregrine took.
1: So I don't know that it's necessarily Gandalf's influence on him. I think it's just like his hobbitness.
0: Mm. I mean, maybe because the uh, the other Hobbit that I think really does this is Frodo. Really? I don't, yeah, I think that the. Mary and Sam, I don't think, are so, are perceptive in the same way as Frodo and Pippin, like, because uh, I I think Frodo has the same sort of, like gentle, perceptive, empath- uh, empathetic nature that Pippin does here, mm-hmm. but I think that Mary and Sam have a more
1: protective, like a more
0: protective nature, yeah, yeah, whereas like Pippin is trying to connect with people and so is Frodo,
1: that that tracks
0: and i i think maybe that i just uh add more to the idea that it's influence of other people around pippin that causes these sorts of things because he's the youngest so maybe i'm i'm viewing him as more impressionable than other characters
1: yeah that's not fair to pippin
0: i mean maybe i don't know <laughs> like seeing him as the youngest maybe is just making me think oh well he's he's learning this on th- these are things he's picked up on his journey not necessarily things he came into the journey with Which is not exactly how I feel about the other three hobbits. Yeah.
1: That's not fair to Pippin. Because, like, he is the youngest, but there's still, like, power in that. Which I think is interesting that our um, opinions on this are switched, considering you are the youngest in your family, and I am not. Like, I'm the oldest, so I take on more of that protector role.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I... I don't know. I would say that I'm empathetic.
0: Yeah, I mean, it requires empathy to be protective. But I think that the the nature of how Frodo and Pippin's empathy comes across feels kind of fundamentally different than Merry and Sam.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, like... Why are you... Why... I guess why are you discounting the experience, I guess. And like he was inexperienced to begin with. Um and he's learning things, but that's not to say that like it's someone's direct influence on him, like he's taken his what he's learned and like using it in the way that he does. Not necessarily like copying someone else. Uh I mean,
0: I I don't really think of like what I was saying as a negative. Yeah. I mean, I think of it as like well, your your his experience with the world is largely through uh is largely through relationships with like close relationships with people and not with engaging the world as a whole, at least the way we kind of see his character arc grow. Yeah. So, like it seems to me that it's like well, of course, his growth would then come through like uh taking in these things these other people have done
1: so if that's the case where does pippin's emotional arc end for you like what is the end goal if his um if what he's doing now is just kind of like imitation
0: or- i mean it's i mean it's cementing all these like things he's picked up from others to like to forge himself with To kind of cement who he is at his core. But. Because I I think that just because you, you learn a behavior from someone doesn't necessarily mean you can't make it your own. And I think that's really Pippin's journey.
1: Okay. I don't know that I follow. No? Right. Okay, so as the movie is laid out, where does Pippin's arc end? Is it with. Is it rescuing Faramir? Yeah. Okay. So what does that act... What does that... I'm asking what that act represents in your interpretation of Pippin's emotional journey.
0: Uh, That's... I mean, that's him making a decision. Like, that's him making a decision without someone else... Without anyone else ever foisting anything upon him. It's the first decision he makes that directly impacts the narrative that he makes himself. Every other action Pippin takes basically is pushed on him, except for swearing fealty to Denethor and rescuing Faramir.
1: But why?
0: And I think it's important that it's finally a decision he makes on his own, because that's him galvanizing the experiences he has to do the right thing, because he knows it's the right thing.
1: But swearing fealty to Denethor is also a decision that he makes on his own. And
0: that leads him to rescuing Faramir. But that, uh, that decision is ultimately, I think, kind of framed narratively as a mistake. Which is why I kind of like this scene with Faramir because Faramir tells him it wasn't. But without that scene, I think the narrative frames the swearing of fealty to Denethor as a mistake on Pippin's part.
1: But what purpose does that serve then?
0: What do you mean, what purpose does that serve?
1: Like, what. Why would the narrative frame it as a mistake if it's a necessary stepping stone to his emotional arc?
0: I I think it's just. I think it's more of trying to get Pippin to learn. To be less impetuous, I think that's why it's framed that way because it's a but it's, it's his, a moment of impetuousness it's his and impetuous all...
1: it's it's his impetuosity. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now that is what saves Faramir.
0: No, it's his perception.
1: Well, I mean, yes, but like he,
0: like the the rescuing of Faramir is directly predicated on like uh, perceptive instincts Pippin has gained in his journey.
1: I I don't. I don't agree that he's gained them. I think that he's honed them.
0: Mm. I mean, I I think it's hard to. I think it's hard to point out places and say fellowship where we see this with Pippin. Maybe there's a little more in Two Towers. I mean, we know that he's very protective of Mary, and virtually all of his character development comes through that one-on-one relationship with Mary in Two Towers. Yeah. And that's why I think it's like. I mean, we talked about this before when I was just like, it feels to me like they kind of, they kind of start pipping off at the beginning again, a little in the way he's framed in this movie. So that we see like a complete arc from where he was when we met him to the end of his arc inside one film.
1: Because I think that it's his curious and impetuous nature that, because if it, you know, like... If he didn't pick up the palantir, he wouldn't be with Gandalf, and they wouldn't have to go to Gondor, and Faramir might be dead. So, right. I think that it's. I don't think Pippin is imitating anyone. I think he's just learning to.
0: I mean, I don't think he's imitating anyone either. I think he's picked up behaviors he sees as positives in others because that's how young people learn.
1: But I, but I said imitating earlier, and you went along with it.
0: I mean, I. I think that you're caught on that word because that's not, it's not really imitation. Yeah, it is. No, it's, it's, it's learning. It's no more imitation than like learning how to do math.
1: But I think that like, I mean, that's how you initially learn a skill. Right. But I think that he, when he's talking to Faramir here, I don't think that he's like trying to be like Gandalf. I think that's just who he is.
0: No, but I think his experience with Gandalf has galvanized these things in him because he's around someone else who who does these things. And for Pippin, like for just for a young person in general, like being around someone who does these things, like helps you to be better at doing them yourself, regardless of like it doesn't necessarily mean you're imitating them. It just means that you you pick up ways to be better at this because you are around someone who is better at it than you.
1: I think. Gandalf gets as much out of this relationship with Pippin than uh, as Pippin does, because like Gandalf has made no um, secret about how much he loves hobbits. Like he no, loves not at all. he loves being around hobbits, and I think this is exactly why.
0: Yeah, but I I think ultimately, like almost every step of the way, the narrative treats Pippin's impetuousness as a negative thing.
1: I know, but it's that impetuousness that saves. A person's life.
0: I see. I I don't think it's his impetuousness that saves Faramir. Like, I think it's his impetuousness that puts him in the situation to be there. But that doesn't mean his impetuousness saved Faramir.
1: I think it... Because, like, he's... Okay, he's literally swearing fealty to an authority figure. And it's his impetuousness and his rebellion that makes it so that he can overcome these promises that he's made. Because, like, he goes, like, all in. Like... Uh, your son died protecting me. I'm going to pledge my life to your service. So, like, I think that Pippin's... Pippin just learned when to use his, like, talents for good, I guess. <laughs> like, it's really, like, it's kind of like a coming-of-age thing, right? Like, Pippin is just trying to figure out where he fits in the greater puzzle of things, and I think that... At first, he's just like, okay, I am going to watch these people around me. I'm going to learn from them, but I'm also going to... I'm not going to copy them. I'm going to use that as an example to better hone my my um, skills at getting into trouble. Like, he, he uses his... his... Pippin's getting out of good, right? Like, he uses his skills at getting into trouble for good. Because I'm- to to disobey a direct order is treason. Like, I mean, was going to say it, I think, this week. um, Like, and, like, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have saved Faramir based on this oath that he made that he was so insistent upon making.
0: Yeah, but it is anyway, because doing the right thing is above the the surface of the oath. But, like, that's also a thing that Gandalf and Boromir would believe. I think.
1: I mean, it's just, like, a different... And
0: definitely Aragorn.
1: Yeah, definitely Aragorn. But, like, Pippin doesn't hang out with Aragorn, really.
0: I mean, we don't see him hang out. We don't see Merry hang out with Aragorn either, but their conversation at the beginning of this movie, like, makes it feel like they talk.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, they, like, travel the five of them for a ways... Yeah, to just together at the beginning of their journey, but I think yeah, I think he's just learning how to use his. He's learning how to turn a negative into a positive.
0: Yeah, I I think ultimately it's um, it's this perceptive, connective instinct in Pippin that saves Faramir.
1: Yeah, and that's like that's that's who Pippin is. It's not something that
0: he's learned. I, I mean. Yeah, I the in the movies. I'm
1: saying that this this conversation like this um like emotional um instinctiveness is something that he's always had. Not a learned behavior. Right. But you were saying that he picked it up from Gandalf.
0: I I mean I think Gandalf definitely influenced this.
1: No, I think this is just who Pippin is.
0: I I mean I guess we can agree to disagree on that. But like <laughs> cuz there's not a there's not really another conversation like this with Pippin. And like he's spent this entire movie with Gandalf so far. Yeah. So like I don't know to me that makes it feel like these like to me when you have uh a character that does this all the time, traveling with a character you haven't seen do this before, and then the character, like, does the thing, it makes it feel like it's part of their relationship with that other character that does it all the time. I think
1: that, like, cheapens Pippin's emotional
0: arc. I don't really think it does.
1: I don't know that he's, like, I don't know that it's a learned behavior. Like, maybe maybe his time with Gandalf has just taught him how to express that.
0: I mean, that's the most important part of a connective instinct like this,
1: yeah, I know, but like I'm saying like the instinct itself is not a learned behavior,
0: well, no, cause instincts aren't, but yeah,
1: well i don't know. yeah
0: we're just, I. i we're just never gonna agree on Pippin's character arc. This is like all. It's just, we're not going to agree. <laughs> we're not going to agree on how this shakes out. And I, I mean, some of it probably is like the perspective of you being an oldest child and me being a youngest child. But I don't
1: understand because I feel like our places should be swapped. Like you should be the biggest Pippin stan. But I'm not. <laughs> it's so weird. That's my, like, that's why I, I think that's where some of my confusion comes from. Because like, I don't know. Like, you should, like, I feel like you should relate to this character so much, and you're just like, eh, I'll shove him under a bus. Like
0: I don't feel like I'm shoving him under a bus. I think
1: you're cheapening his emotional arc by pinning his growth on everybody else.
0: I don't, I mean, I just think that's the way that Pippin as a character grows, is through his interactions with other people. And I think that's also true of Sam.
1: I mean, that's fine, but, like, the way that you were phrasing it is just like...
0: I, well, I mean, more than other characters, I think you can draw, like, solid lines of behavior, like, from one person's character arc through Pippin. But to and me, I don't think that's true of other characters.
1: To me, that just says that, like, he's, like, five uh, character traits drawn from other people in a trench coat.
0: See, I don't think so. I, that, see, that's not, what, that's not what that statement means to me.
1: Well, that's how I'm interpreting it.
0: Like, to me, it just it just means that, like, where we see Pippin as, like the young, impressionable person who at the end of this story galvanizes various things he's seen in people around him that he respects and becomes the person he was always going to be by gathering the things he respects the most in the people around him. And I don't think that cheapens his emotional journey. I think that just makes him a different... Like, I think that just makes his emotional arc different than, say, Mary's or Frodo's or Sam's.
1: That just makes him sound like... An emotional crow. (laughs) Like, like...
0: I mean, that's a real thing people do, though. Like, uh, that's very real behavior.
1: But that's, like...
0: And not bad behavior. Not necessarily. I mean, it can be.
1: See, I don't... I... I don't know. I... Yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree with your reading of the scenario.
0: And I think that, like... I think that's the biggest difference between Pippin and Mary's emotional arcs. Mary's emotional arc is tied to the events of the world around him. And Pippin's emotional arc is tied to the people in those events around him. Yeah. And they both, like, grow and change and take things in from those things. Like, Pippin grows and changes and takes things in from, like, the, from a, a larger scope perpe- perspective than Mary does, just the at one... looking at the big picture. And Pippin takes things in from one-on-one interaction. But and at... I don't think that's cheap cheapening his emotional arc. I think that's just how he learns things, how he takes things in, how he grows.
1: But at what point does that become growth and just not purely like reactionary for both of them?
0: When they make a decision on their own. That's when it becomes growth.
1: Okay. So then if the decision to pledge his service to Denethor is a decision that he makes on his own...
0: And it's a step of growth. But I, I think that the the lesson he's supposed to take at the end of the day from his oath to Denethor, I mean, it's breaking the oath that saves Faramir, right? So then, like, the the lesson is that, like, not all oaths should be made like this. Like, you shouldn't make oaths lightly without knowing what you're doing. Because, you know, if you were to actually follow that oath you made impetuously, this man would have died. Yeah. So you shouldn't make oaths impetuously.
1: But
0: I. But maybe we just draw the opposite, this like, thing from that scenario.
1: Maybe
0: because I see it as ultimately saying, well, the way he swore that oath shouldn't have been done. Because if he had followed it, he wouldn't have saved Faramir. Yeah, I know, and
1: that's, that's kind of... and
0: that's negatively framing Pippin's impetuousness. Because the movies want to negatively frame his impetuousness and nurture his empathetic instincts. Like that's what the narrative is trying to do. And ultimately, it's his perception that saves Faramir, not him being impetuous. And, like, that's painting impetuosity as negative.
1: I disagree.
0: Because he notices that Faramir is still breathing. Right. And no one else does. Because he's perceptive, not because he's impetuous.
1: But it's his impetuousness that drives him to action.
0: No, it's his belief in something good. I don't think it's impetuousness. It's uh, it's his. It's the belief that he needs to like do the right thing, like it comes from that first, not like Im- impetuousness. To me, needs to come from some kind of curiosity first, and the drive to do the right thing means it's not impetuous. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: I still think it's just him learning how to best use his rebelliousness.
0: Mm. I mean. To a certain extent, yeah. I just think it's if you take all three movies, like every single impetuous thing Pippin does without thinking is, is framed, framed poorly.
1: But and then like Because guess- he's supposed
0: to learn to temper his action. Which is ultimately kind of what he does because he becomes constable of the of Buckland. Like clearly he learns to temper his <laughs> like, action. I forgot he
1: became a cop. He becomes a cop.
0: <laughs> like his dad's name is Paladin.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm aware.
0: Like, his time here in Gondor and his time with Gandalf and his time in the Fellowship taught him he needs to temper his, like, more reactive nature to make the world around him a better place and connect with the people around him stronger. That's what Pippin learns from his journey.
1: All right. All right. I just, yeah, I don't agree with your reading on this scene.
0: Okay. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I like this. I like this scene. Everything that leads up to the little tiny smooch. Yeah. It's just. It's just. You know, the oath catches in his throat. He it's doesn't so, remember what to say.
1: It's so weird how bemused Denethor is looking at him. He's like in a good
0: mood. I, like I think the less- word bemused has negative connotation, doesn't it?
1: Um, not to me.
0: Because I thought the word bemused was like amused in a mocking way. Yeah. But I don't think he's amused in a mocking way. <sighs> he looks. Like Denethor looks kind of just genuinely happy about this moment. It's
1: so but it's so weird because But like, we're not used
0: to seeing him genuinely happy. Right. Because the
1: last time we just saw him, he was angry and um hallucinating so and and grieving. So this um this reads more bemusement than amusement.
0: Mm-hmm. I just I've always taken like this look on John Noble's face it just
1: it's like, oh my gosh, look how cute he
0: is. Well, it reminds me of Gandalf back in Hobbiton, like that's why it's so weird.
1: Yeah, he's maybe just,
0: he's just like, oh wow, look at this, look at this small man, just wow. I
1: think that I think that everything that he, every interaction he has in this scene with Pippin is kind of has like a an edge of mocking of mockery to it.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think it really feels that way until he acknowledges Faramir. Maybe with the the third thing he says uh, tomorrow.
1: Yeah, because uh, this is like.
0: I think his smile is weirdly genuine. It doesn't feel mocking
1: to me. This is um, this is like political, Denethor. This is like, I'm gonna put on my. This is his steward face. I think.
0: Mm. But I mean. Uh, wouldn't that really be who Denethor truly is? Like, this is him... This is what he would be like without the no, corruption I think, of the, the I Palantir. Think,
1: I think who Denethor truly is is what he shows to Faramir.
0: See, but Faramir doesn't seem to think that either. Because he, he refers to Boromir and his father as being similar and strong and stubborn at times. So I think that just that line, and maybe that's part of why that scene is cut, I think part of that, that line in part... Uh, Is supposed to make us think that perhaps when they were younger, Boromir and Denethor were much more similar people. Like, Denethor used to be a man more like Boromir and less like this.
1: Um.
0: Or is that supposed to be the rose-colored glasses of a child?
1: I think that's, I think that's, um.
0: Or a little bit of both.
1: I think that's Faramir's, um, like, his vision of who he wants his father to be, not who his father is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's Faramir putting him on a pedestal.
0: Hmm. Because he has to, because if he's if he's not, then what's all this effort Faramir goes through gonna yeah. do for him? Yeah. See, but I think
1: Because he says, um he says uh prideful. Proud. Um
0: Yeah. Well, because he thinks that Boromir is proud too.
1: Right. And that's not necessarily it could be both a good and a bad thing. Yeah. And I think in the case of Denethor, it's a bad thing. See, and in the case of Boromir, it can, it's both. But
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Denethor is really complicated. I think that there are glimmers here and there of the leader perhaps he used to be or could or was at times. I don't know. It's its interesting to me. Like, That's
1: why I'm saying this is his politician face.
0: I don't think Gandalf would have thought he could even approach and speak with Denethor to try to convince him of something if... Denethor didn't used to be the kind of person Gandalf could convince.
1: That's why I was saying this is his politician face this is the face of the steward not mm. the face of who he actually is. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I just this
1: This is the this is the the or the front or the um yeah this is the mask that he wears in public.
0: Mm. It's weird though because this doesn't this doesn't feel that um this this doesn't feel that I mean this feels genuine to me.
1: After but like after all the scenes with Faramir this feels slimy.
0: Mm. I mean it just doesn't come across that way to me in the performance. Yeah. Maybe it's supposed to? But it just doesn't come across that way to me cuz I think it's it's he just he just hates Faramir. He just I think he's only that way with Faramir. But like and it's just kind well, of No, no,
1: no. I don't agree because Boromir Boromir has seen that too.
0: Well, yeah, because he's just around when Denethor talks to Faramir like this.
1: But if they are, I feel like when they were younger, Boromir and Denethor, because they were so similar, clashed more often. Mm. And I think
0: you know where I think Denethor comes across as slimy political in the flashback scene with Boromir and Faramir when he's walking through the men. Yeah, see that—that's but face. I, I think this feels completely different. No, than I
1: dis—no, I I disagree.
0: Yeah. I just, I feel like John Noble's performance feels completely different. I don't know. Like, that felt fake, and this feels genuine to no, me. No,
1: this doesn't feel genuine. I, like, I think that's why Pippin is, or it contributes to why Pippin is so um, hesitant.
0: Well, he's only seeing Grumpy Denethor until this exact moment.
1: Right. And so he's just like, he's oh. Just,
0: he's just off-put. It,
1: it, yeah, no. In all, in the context of all the Denethor scenes that we've seen, this feels slimy.
0: mm yeah. I mean, I think that's what we're supposed to get out of it. I just feel like John Noble's performance isn't exactly slimy because
1: he's not he's not um he's not like this when he asks Pippin to sing like he's more um he's much more subdued and he's not as um
0: Well, he just pleasant. sent his last son to go die.
1: Yeah, but like uh, I don't know.
0: We'll talk about that yeah, because uh yeah. I have I have layers to pull away in that conversation that leads to that too. Sure. Yeah. So we'll we'll get there. I
1: mean, obviously it's a good performance if we can't like. Obviously, there's layers to what he's doing here. If if you see something and I see something else, right? Yeah. So.
0: Cool. So we'll be we'll be back tomorrow to talk more.
1: I don't know. I think it's more interesting. It makes for a more interesting episode when we
0: when we don't just like have, agree down the line on something yeah, because yeah. then it's
1: just like, oh, okay. Well, we're in and out of here in five minutes.
0: Right. If it's a golem episode. A Pippen, episode. Episode. we're just not going to agree <laughs> on some of the nuance of the things going on. It's just not going to happen. Eowyn for a while was like that.
1: No, I'm good with Eowyn.
0: Right. It it took I a little think. bit, just like with Boromir. Uh,
1: I think I was on the Boromir train sooner than the Eowyn train.
0: Mm. But now the Eowyn train is chugging along. All right, so... Check out some other podcasts on the Dueling Genre website that aren't movies by Minutes related. There are uh, there's there's a bunch of different kinds of them. We got the protagonist podcast, Doctor's Companion, which is back now in the new season of Doctor Who. Tales from the Short Box. If you are into comic books, it's the newest uh, it's the newest show on the site. So give them give them some listens and some downloads to really help them out. You can check out the audio dramas on the site. Geek by Night, Immunities. I think Immunities is in season four now.
1: Yes, they just finished season
0: four. So go give that a listen if you haven't. It's super spooky. We'll be back tomorrow to keep talking about uh, Denethor and Pippin and Faramir. Bye. Bye.